And good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to our one and only afternoon show. You're here with yes, Lyle and Nick. Is. This is pretty special, isn't it? It is special. We just had lunch. We're about to fall asleep, but no. <laughs> we, <laughs> we are can, back we on can, the radio. We're back on air. We were live on the radio this morning. We are live again on the radio here again this afternoon. And uh, that is, uh, well, we have never done an afternoon show. Will we ever do another one again? I think today is just uh, everything is the first. There's a first for everything today. It, it definitely it, is. And uh, But I'm looking forward to what we're going to be dealing with today. We have some great things coming up on the show as normal we have some great music coming up that you're going to enjoy love it we have a couple of current affairs segments which are our new segments we're going to be talking hmm. about okay so we've got to discuss the issue of barnaby joyce oh i don't, I don't is there an issue very like, good question. I don't have an issue. Uh, Do you have an issue? I have an issue. I have an <laughs> I issue. I can tell. And you need to hear my issue. All right. Now. I okay, think so I will. Well, I have um, no choice. And, of course, the stolen generation is an important subject. Well, yeah. It's 10 uh, years since uh, Kevin made that announcement and apologized to the, to the indigenous uh, people. Fantastic. And, of course, we have the uh, the wealth of the Catholic Church has just been exposed. Oh, here's a question. After, after all of the efforts that they have gone yep. through to hide it up, it has now suddenly been exposed. All right. So how much do you think... Um, the Catholic Church is worth in terms of assets. Mm. There's a question for you. A question. Stay tuned that's and absolutely. we'll give you an answer, I reckon. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm hoping you have an answer for people here, by the way. I do have an answer. Oh, good. Yeah, right. going to find it <laughs> Just checking. All right, and we have a question for the day, a <gasps> random question for mm-hmm. the day. And here it comes. Strengthened by God-given food, Elijah travelled this many days and nights until he reached Horeb. If you have the answer to that question, give us a call on 1-800-324-843. And we'll give you a giveaway. So hang on, what are they looking for? Strengthened by God-given food, Mm -hmm. Elijah Mm -hmm. travelled this many days and nights until he reached Horeb. So we're after number of days and nights. Number of days and nights. All right. So 1-800-324-843. Give us a call anytime. And we will, uh, well, if you get it right, we might give you a prize. Yeah. So, hey, um, can I can I tell you what the weather's looking like? Yes, please. I'd love to tell you. Please. As I look outside my window of this uh, in the studio, it looks quite sunny, maybe partly cloudy, but I'll tell you what the weather says, in fact. For Perth, we'll start with Perth. Okay. <laughs> right? um, oh, at the Broome. moment, Why didn't we do Broome? We did Broome last did time. You, did you like Broome? I liked Broome. All right, for those in Broome, check never, this out. I have never been to Broome. <laughs> It says possibly early storm here on my screen, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We're now in over past midday. I don't okay. know if it's still early enough for the. But maybe storm has come and gone. But I think you'll be experiencing a maximum of 32 degrees in Broome, Perth. It should uh, be uh, clear skies at the moment. We're at the top of 26. Adelaide, maximum 31. Sunny in Melbourne is mostly sunny right now at the top of 26. Hobart, 22 with possible showers developing a bit later on. And in Canberra, top of 29. Clouds clearing. And Sydney, sorry, Sydney, <coughs> 27 possible showers. <laughs> a, a bit carried away there, Nick. <laughs> a bit carried away. <laughs> and here in Newey, Newcastle, uh, we have a top of 26 with uh, perhaps a shower or two. A little bit later on, it Brisbane. Felt, it felt warmer than that out, outside. Did it feel warmer than that? I think it's because you've been humidity. in you've been in air conditioning all day. That's yeah, why. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Brisbane, a top of thirty-five, still very hot. In Cairns, thirty-three. Darwin, thirty-one. Do you want to know what it's like in Alice Springs? Well, I made a guess this morning that it yeah. was in the forties, and I and, still and, and is, bro. I was just there, and it still is. <laughs> still okay. is, brother. Good to, know, good to know. That's the weather for today. Good to know. Fantastic. Okay, so hopefully wherever you are, you have the perfect weather for what Absolutely. you want to be doing today. Hey, so who's coming on for our guest interview? That's a great question. We have Robbie Morgan coming in, and uh, yeah, I, 
That will be a most interesting interview that you will all enjoy very much <laughs> because he emerges the most fascinating person that I'm not sure that I know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adele knows this guy very well. So yes. some of you are familiar with Adele. So Ad- Adele's, be- Adele's coming in to do that. Interview. That's right. So Adele's been looking after all our guests and she's fantastic at that. She's a journalist. Yeah, so it suits her perfectly. Um, so what else happening on our Encounter with God segment? Yeah, we've been talking about the issue of honesty with God. Mm-hmm. And we were discussing this this morning. It's like, how can you be dishonest with God? Well, that, that's not no. possible. And I still haven't got my head around it. No. But nevertheless, um, we will be talking about honesty with God. Great. Of course, we have Love Matters coming up with Neil Thompson. Neil Thompson, fantastic. One of our favorite segments on the show. It is, and, actually. Uh, he does such a fantastic job. And then we have our question and answer time where, in fact, any time during the show, this is mm-hmm. the great thing about our live show. Anytime during the show, you can yes. call us on 1-800-324-843 and we can uh, take your questions live. Well, we can even, we do even text have, us. Yes, you can. Do you have a mobile number for us? I do not, not have a mobile number. But I will get it for you. <laughs> Here uh, it is. Ooh, oh, yes, there it is. But I'll give it to you to tell Do you play the trumpet, trombone, flute, clarinet or any other brass or woodwind instrument? The Adelaide Advent Band is a concert band for brass and woodwind musicians who like playing gospel music, as well as a variety of secular and Christmas music. If you're looking for a way to use your musical talents, or even if you want to learn from scratch, we'd love you to join us. Rehearsals are held at Trinity Gardens each Tuesday at 7.30pm. And for further inquiries, call John on 0427 032 901. That's 0427 032 901. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
My hands are free to help others in need. Saving those souls who are drowning in sin and pulling them in. So wherever you take this ship that's now yours, I know. Fletcher. She is fantastic, mate. She came to my church um, end of last year and did a concert. Oh, really? I'm so Man, jealous. Was, yeah, you should be. It was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, yeah, she's the best. That was Carly Fletcher, of course. And you're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88 right across Australia. You're with Lyle and Nick hey, on hey. our one and only afternoon show. <laughs> yes, the Keep reminding everybody. Yes. Don't, well, get, don't get excited. It's, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's, it is <laughs> it's just historic. today. This is historic. This is absolutely it, it, historic. It, it, it truly is. It truly is. Yeah. Okay, so Nick, what are we talking about today in our current affairs section? Well, we had the news well look, I'm, I know you've got a, an issue and something that you want to really discuss, but I'm going to get you to, ho- to hold that in for like a little bit longer. In my shoe. Can you just, can just, just hold on to that a little bit longer, brother? Just okay. a few uh, more minutes. If I must. If I must. But I'm interested about this this whole you know exposing the Catholic Church thing. I'm like, we don't normally do this on radio. We don't expose other people and, and make a... Other uh, denominations well, look so bad, much, but it wouldn't be so much fun. Except they've been doing everything they can <laughs> to hide it. You know, <laughs> He's the, so excited the Royal, about the this. Royal Commission comes to and asks, "Oh, how much are you worth?" And they come back with, "Well, couple of million dollars." Yeah, when we when we bought our properties, they were worth this much in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> right, that's right. You know, so this is how much we're worth. No, Did, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ask you a question: How much do you think the uh, Roman Catholic Church is worth in terms of assets? Give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and we'll may give you the answer um, if you don't come through. So anyway, until then, talk to us. What's the problem? Okay, so um, the Catholic Church obviously has been uh, bending over backwards to hide their assets. They've Why would they from, do that? Well, they've hid them from the Royal Commission. They've hid them from a parliamentary inquiry. Mm-hmm. And it was some investigative journalists who managed to dig it out. Right. Now, how they have uh, more um, ability and power than, than the government is, a, is another story in <laughs> like, and of itself. Brother, you know what I'm picturing in my mind? Like these guys, these guys have like snuck into the Vatican and gone into these secret files under this, behind this secret door that has led into the secret tunnel. Is that the kind of stuff that's happened, do you think? Yeah, no, it's no, not, oh, not, quite, right, that, okay. not quite that much fun. Oh, now, basically, in Victoria, they had some... <laughs> not that uh, interesting now. That's some new legislation in Victoria <laughs> where there was a, uh, uh, basically a fire levy. Yep. 
And so every property in Victoria had to be valued and then under freedom of information, what a great excuse. they were able to get <laughs> the value brilliant. of all of the properties that the Catholic Church owned in Victoria yep. and then they were able to extrapolate that Australia-wide and that's how they come up with a figure. A very conservative figure. Sure. For, you know, Should we tell them? Not yet. I want to see if anybody calls in. Yeah. But hey, all right, I've got a question for you then, Lyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a church, you, transparency, I, w- I would believe, I would, one would think, is super important because it's not about us, not your money, this is for doing God's work kind of thing. Yes. What reasons these guys have to not want to um, be open and honest about those things? Well, it seems that it is related to the, um, the whole issue of child sex abuse mm-hmm. and the payouts to victims. Now, the average, okay. payout, the average payouts to victims has been $49,000, which is not really a lot not of much. money for somebody wow. whose entire life has been destroyed. Is that all? And it seems that mm. um, maybe they've been crying poor. This is this is what this is what has been presented so sure. far as the reason why they've been trying to yep. to hide that. I, I, and I'm a big one for transparency. You know, I I don't know how transparent other churches are. I'd be interested yep. to call our you know chief financial officer for our church and yes. and, and find out whether he would. Well, we the, have a number, number of assets. There. We do. Apparently, we, do. we have more churches than there are um, you know the KFC stores in Australia. Is that so? so. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. Good to be ahead of So then, well, so the Catholic Church has a lot of churches around the, around well, the globe. A, here's, so a, here's a fun fact. Here's mm-hmm. a fun fact. Religion mm. is the biggest contributor to the economy in Australia and the United States. No. Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. You're kidding. Yeah. Do tell. The what biggest contributor to the economy. How's that possible? Well, so you've got, you've got a lot of large churches that don't... You've got, for instance, the Roman Catholic Church mm-hmm. owns so much property that its only rival and its next nearest rival yep. is Westfield as far as property really? value goes. <laughs> so you think about it, That's mm. massive. You think about the schools. You think about the, yeah, okay. you know, the health institutions. I mean... Um, you know, we have the Sydney Avenue Hospital. We have the uh, Sanitarium Health. Well, that's company. not necessarily a bad thing. Why, why do you need to hide that? It's fantastic. They, they're doing. A, they seem to be doing a fantastic cause. They're educating people. They're taking people into churches. Why? You know, what, what's what's the deal? Well, this is this is the question that everybody's asking. You, yeah. You're asking the question. I'm that everybody's asking. asking okay, is, you better is, have an answer, brother. Why, I'm looking at you it, for an answer. Why here. is it? Why is it? It's been <laughs> hidden over. And uh, it seems that you know they're trying to minimise the amount of uh, uh, money that they have to pay out because they could quite possibly lose some of these institutions. Yeah, for sure. If they're going to be paying out too much money. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a very real. And some of their assets alone, just single, like, oh, are you, worth uh, millions. Well, and you look at millions. You look at uh, you look at, for instance, where the uh, y- y- you know some of the locations that they bought back in the 1800s mm-hmm. for. Yeah. And now they are the greatest pieces of prime real estate, (laughs) you know, in Australia. True. And this is this is the same worldwide. And then they slap a bit of gold on top of it here and there to make it look fancy. In fact, if you go to Rome, they slap a lot of gold on. Yeah. Do you think this Now here's an interesting thought though? Oh yeah. I was was standing in line to go into the Vatican Museum, Mm -hmm. um, I think for the second day. And uh, just overhearing the conversation in line as you do, and there was a British couple there and, and they were talking with some friends and they were talking about how visually overloaded with gold and wealth they had been the last couple of days as they toured through the Vatican. Mm. And they were talking about how that in their mind this was obscene when the world was starving. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that. So the question is... That discourage a few. Where do you draw the line between building Mm. something to the honour of God Mm -hmm. and actually taking care of humanity. Now, there's no question that, you know, many of these churches, Catholic Church included, Mm -hmm. do a lot in the world to take care of humanity. Sure, sure. 
And, and, and we have to be careful ourselves because as some of the Adventists, we own some lots of churches and some yep. very nice ones. That's true. Some nice properties there too. Yeah. But oh, is there something? Is there anything wrong with you know um, decking out God's house? Because you, you could see it that way. I mean, all the gold that they're seeing, um, you know, on uh, around, around the building. This is this is technically like a sanctuary, God's place. Is there anything wrong with that? I mean, King Solomon mm. in the Bible, he decked out the temple. He did he finest did. Um, elements, uh, and that they wouldn't even hammer in the temple. Had everything had to be done offsite. And then I mean, that was expensive thing to do back then. Even it is now. So what's what's wrong with that? Lined with gold and golden furniture. And all Absolutely. That kind of I think I think. What we need to do is we need to strike a balance. All right. And in those days, you had one building in the world that was mm-hmm. representative of the worship of God, um, and this was the one building that was representative for the whole world. Right. You know, there was not a temple in every city in Israel. Yeah, okay. There was one temple. There was a multitude of synagogues, and a synagogue was you know, a very, very basic, a very, very basic humble building. Mm. You know, your average synagogue was was uh, you know it was small it might have seated 30 40 50 people mm. um, and uh, had you know relatively small amount of decoration there were of course many larger ones in the larger towns that had beautiful mosaics and so forth but there was you know your average one was just mm. a small little building and I think we need to keep it in balance right yes there is a time when we um, when we demonstrate our honor to God but if that's all our religion becomes about, if whilst, it's just about show, yeah. if it's just about money, it has lost yeah. its focus. And, and whilst people are starving and exactly all happening, it is exactly a lot to count for. And we are going to be held to account, absolutely, as Christians, for how we spend the money that God has entrusted to us. And we're going to be talking about that now in Counter with the God segment. You know, and we've got to be very careful too because mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at these, these, these British couple that I was overhearing and they're right. talking about how obscene it was. These were not religious people. What is the message that we are yes. sending? Yes, good point. You know, are are we true. sending a message that we care about the world mm-hmm. or are we sending the message that we, we just want to aggrandize ourselves? Yeah, that's a, good tr- that's a good point. Well, we're going to be talking more about that in our Encounter with God segment because, we, you know, God has trusted us with a few things okay, and uh, we're going to see what the Bible has to say with those little things that he has trusted us with. And obviously some of that has to do with money. Well, since nobody's called through yet, maybe we should mention All the right, figure. tell us how much money. Okay, the, do you think the, the, the Catholic the most, Church's the most, assets are worth? The most conservative estimate is $30 billion. You're kidding. I am not kidding. 30 b like B. That's just Australia. Billion. In Australia, Australia. alone. We are, and you've got to remember, Australia is a tiny country. <laughs> it's a fairly young country. <laughs> it's a young country and a tiny country. I mean, we've mm. got 20-odd million people living here. Yeah, we do. We're a big continent, but sure. we're a tiny country. Sure. You know, on, on a global scale, there is just, you know, most countries have got more. dollars in assets. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. That's, that's huge. Wow. That's huge. How much which, do we think which, our which assets really are does, worth? Uh, Which really does, you know, make, uh, it, 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 it saddens me mm-hmm. that, you know, victims of abuse mm-hmm. are getting so little. Yeah. When there is more available. Sure. And uh, this is, I think this is a, uh, it's a blot on Christianity. And you know we, you and I, we are all Christians, and we all suffer the same blot when this kind of thing happens. Yes. You know, we can stand there and say, "Oh, that's not our church," hmm. but the fact is that the world looks at us, us as you know Christians, puts us in the same bucket together, and uh, it, um, yeah, it's 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 something that I don't think that we should hold our heads up with pride, but that we should look at ways in which we can um, distribute our wealth to help our world. I love it. That mm. sounds good, Lyle. 
Well, coming up, we have Jars of Clay with Fall Asleep. Stay tuned, Faith FM. Wandered off like children in the woods We let the searchers come and never find us We tried to make a life among the trees While your dreams collected planes and cars and cities You slipped away from me while I sleeping to climb the tallest oak and see the light your dissatisfaction gave you questions do you remember what the city sounded like do you remember what the city sounded like moment once in our lives next time we'll meet under city lights but we're here tonight so let's make it all was meant to be so I held you but the core was from inside and I knew I couldn't keep you if I tried But I watched as the distance spread as the shadows grew And the longings came like wolves to devour you So stay up with me, don't fall asleep Cause we only have this moment once in our lives The next time we'll meet under city lights But we're here tonight so let's make it all it was meant to be Let's make it all it was meant to be. 
Listening to Fall Asleep by Jars of Clay. Did you fall asleep? <laughs> no, I was not sleeping. I was just relaxing, relaxing my eyelids. Well, I was kind of wondering I whether that, we should. I? Uh, <laughs> I was wondering whether we should have have that one at the end of the program rather than halfway through. <laughs> that would are, be we nice. Are not, we are not encouraging you to fall asleep, particularly if you are on the road right now. Let's wake just, up. Stay awake. Here we go. Okay, so what are we talking about next in our current affairs section? Well, today marks uh, the 10-year anniversary since uh, Kevin Rudd stood up in front of the country and said to the Indigenous people, we, uh, we apologise mm-hmm. for um, taking your children away from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a very good move for the government. Mm-hmm. I, I like that it did that, and I think there was a bit of healing done as a result. Well, there's but never, today any, marks there's 10 never years. any harm done by saying sorry. Yeah, you're right. You know, there's been times when I've apologised for things I didn't do. Have you ever done that? Yes, actually, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Simply because yeah, you can't do any harm that way. So true. And you can often bring about um, you know, good results and mm. and and and, uh, and you know, it, uh, and, but it was just a great thing to do. Yeah, I like it. Well, yeah. yeah, so he he did it and it's been 10 years since and we look we can look back and see what has been some of the results of of since then and um, and they're trying to close the gap in terms of you know, all the damage they had done. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make it better and looking after the community more, those communities more, and um, helping the parents to be able to look after their children better, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, man, I think we've definitely made some progress. What do you think? Yeah, no question. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine anything more worse than having my children taken away. I, I'm a parent, oh, you're a parent. Yep. And imagine, you just, just, just think about the government coming in and forcibly removing your children yep. would be horrific. Well, what if they thought, which was exactly the case, they thought at the time that they were looking after the child because you were incapable of, That's right. of and, providing. And, 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 and but even we, then... Like, I think we need to remember mm, that this mm. was done with good intentions sure. and bad research. Yeah, that, that's, well, I like that. That's good uh, putting you know, it. The research has revealed, and, mm-hmm. and every research that's done reveals that children are, the be- are in the best environment they are the most successful. They achieve the highest grades in school. They are the most successful in life yep. when they are raised by two biological parents together. Mm-hmm. That's the biblical model that God has given to us for the family. Yep. And when you have that actually take place, yes. which is a bit of a rare thing in our world today, but it is the best. Sure. And so we you know, had the situation back then where they were like, well, you know, maybe if we raise these, um, these children in a Western environment rather than an Indigenous environment, mm. then they'll be uh, more suited to... Uh, Western society and become successful in, in, in ways that we consider to be successful Correct. as Western people. But for them, it's not necessarily success. No, that's right. Success su- would look very different to them. Absolutely. Success yeah. looks different to every single a- person. Absolutely. Um, it, I was just reading a, um, a book just on the psychology of success, success actually, mm-hmm. and it has a lot to do with how your family perceives you. A successful person feels true success when mum and dad, cousin, auntie, uncle, etc., recognize their achievement. Isn't that interesting? That is so interesting. Yeah. That is, that, that is, that's fascinating. And in their culture, you imagine success is not, you know, the, the, the nice house and the nice suburb. It's not the boat. It's not the, 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 the job, the career. It, it looks very different to uh-huh, them. Uh-huh. And so you can imagine um, the damage that it, it caused for many people. Yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 and we, are reaping, we are reaping the, uh, 
the result of that damage to this day. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so regardless, Lyle, like even yeah. today, do you, as you think back, uh, think about the good intentions perhaps and with the bad research, regardless, man, like we have the right to exercise freedom in this country. Mm-hmm. Who has the right to take the children off you? I mean, it's one thing to say... Um, I can no longer look after my kids. Please mm-hmm. help me. Please yeah, support me. Yeah, it's one sure, thing. Sure. Prefer that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not asking for help and someone takes the child away from you, regardless, man, you're on, whether you're on medication, whether things are really horrible in your life, that just tears your heart, brother. It tears your heart, it but it is necessary. It can be. It, there are circumstances where it is necessary. And this is, this is what brings up the... Uh, yeah. you know, you've got 20,000 um, children that were um, forcibly removed mm-hmm. uh, between 1905 and 1969. How many? 20,000. 20,000 mm-hmm. children, man. That's And then yeah. um, since we said sorry in 2008, yeah. we have forcibly removed 15,000 Indigenous children. From forcibly. There. That's yes. a strong word, brother. Forcibly removed. Are you sure? Yes. And, and, and are you sure it wasn't more of a case where, or as I was suggesting before, they needed help and the governor stepped into no, it? This is forcibly removed. This time for very different reasons. So the first time the reason was let's raise these kids as, as Westerners and they'll mm-hmm. become successful Westerners and you know we will think we've made them successful. Yeah. Now what we're dealing with is a situation where because we tore families apart back then, it has created a situation where people have struggled to be functional mm-hmm. human beings and struggled to have functional families. Right. And because of a very high level of dysfunction, mm. then you've got children who are being removed again. And so we've created a vicious circle. And the question mm. is, how do you stop this vicious circle? Because it seems to be snowballing yeah. rather than decreasing. Well, like they suggested back then, 10 years ago, invest in supporting the families, help them set them up for success. Yeah, and that can You'd be, think, that right? Can, you would think so. Yeah, but it's you would not think working. So. It's not working. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is a very vexed question that yeah. our politicians have looked at in depth and, and, sure. and really... Yeah, I doubt you and I are going to solve it today. Yeah, I don't Although we, we might. <laughs> probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> if you can solve this today, Nick, if you can solve this today, you're going to be doing oh, better than... Oh, I got nothing, uh, mate. Got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it anyway, is a very it hard situation that we have yes. here in Australia. And yeah. as Christians, it is an area in which we can contribute. And this is the really important thing. Christians have more to contribute here than many other areas and we need to look at ways where we can contribute to this. Often as Christians, we go along to church, we sit in our comfortable Fantastic. pew on, 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 on a call. Saturday yeah. you know, for us or on a Sunday for others mm-hmm. and uh, we feel comfortable amongst our, our little clique that we have there. We mm-hmm. talk to our friends, we go home and uh, we get a warm fuzzy for the week. Yeah. And yet we need to ask ourselves the question, what are we actually doing to help the people around us in a very real and practical way. What can we do? Because there is question. so much. Well, I, you know, that's you know if, when I see when I see fifteen thousand children that are oh. being taken from their parents, there must be a lot. There's got to, and yeah, sure. And, and you know, we mm. hear stories and we interview people here on the on Faith FM on a regular basis of people who are doing really practical, real things yeah. um, in many of these uh, communities. Where and having a, a, a major impact, and there's so much more that we can do because you know we often look at Australia with a lucky country, everybody's happy, everybody's wealthy, so forth. Yeah, you know there are we're surrounded by developing countries that don't have the opportunities that we have. Yeah, but we have the same issues, the same you know problems that mm-hmm. any developing country has. Yeah. Know, it's our responsibility, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, we need to do something about it. And, and the hard thing for, for me personally is you look at your busy schedule and you look at your life and you look at how packed, jam-packed it is and you mm-hmm. can barely fit time in for anything extra. And then there is a whole group of people who need support and help. And, mm-hmm. and how, how do you do that? Yeah. 
Well, it begins by slowing down, I think. Oh, that's a good point. Um, you know, because in Western society, it's almost it's almost like Western society has, and, and tell me whether you feel this way or not, mm-hmm. Western society has been custom designed to so pack our life with things yes. that it leaves out room for God yes. to begin with and it leaves no room for others. It we, only leaves room for ourselves. Absolutely. We do this to ourselves. We sure do. I'll, I'll show you this with a friend uh, a couple of days ago. Here's a reality. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for more friends. Isn't that sad? I don't have time for friends. That, I, I have to be honest. Like I'd like to make friends as a pastor. Yes. Right. It's really important that we make friends, but to really make a friend, it required. You need to invest time in this person. There needs to be love and, and time invested. Who has more time to give to for make to make more friends? Uh, maybe <laughs> you know. Okay, guys. Maybe you have some thoughts you'd like to share. So give us a yeah, call. Okay. Give us a call. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. Say that one more time. One eight hundred. Yep. Three, two, four, mm-hmm. eight, four, three. Give us a call now. Yeah, and tell us what your thoughts. What do you think? Maybe you've got the solution. <laughs> maybe you do have the solution. Or maybe you've got a part of the solution, and then others can build on it. Yeah, we'd we'd love it. We'd love it. Okay, so we have Brad calling through from Melbourne at this particular time. Uh, Brad, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, well, thanks. Good to be on. Yeah, great to have you on here, Brad. Uh, what would you like to talk about today? Okay, so you're talking about the stolen generations um, and, you know, how at the time they thought it was a good decision to take these kids away from the parents, Mm -hmm. whereas we've kind of figured out now, you know, that was a really bad thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Now we're dealing with the results of it. Yeah, so how can we actually make, like, in the present, objectively better decisions? Because it seems like this is something that was really... um, you know, as society's changed, we've realised it was a bad idea. But how do we figure out, you know, at the moment, whether what we're the decisions we're making are good decisions? You know, Brad, I think that in all of these kinds of situations, we need to go back to the Bible, and we need to look at the biblical principle. The biblical principle is that you know God created the family to be together, and we should support that wherever we can. The challenge is that if we go back to you know 1905 to 1969, Australia was a more Christian country then than it is now. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, you know, why why weren't they looking at that biblical model of the family? Why were they saying, okay, if we take these people, you know, the other thing that is a biblical principle is freedom of religion. Absolutely. And I think that back then we were thinking, well, you know, back in 1905, it was definitely a matter of we'll take them out of their society, raise them as Westerners, and raise them Christian. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we we need to extend to people the liberty and the freedom to live according to their conscience and wherever possible to raise their own children. And if I can just add to that, Lyle, I think we also need to take some responsibility as a community. Like today, like never before, Brad, um, we have a voice. Like never before. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we hear and see Parliament and the government um, making and and organizing legislation, um, we have the opportunity to speak and to rally and to discuss and to share our thoughts and our opinions on the matter. Whereas I believe... Um, back then, in those days, it would have been quite difficult um, for people to express in any type of people. You'd have to belong to a certain type of society to, mm. to be heard. And but then today, you have to have access to a printing press or absolutely. to a loud so on the street corner. You needed money and like a, you need to belong to a type of society today. 
almost anybody, really anybody can in Australia have an opinion and, and, and be heard. Mm. And I think that's, what, that's the most powerful thing you and I have today, Brad, so that we can stop some of those decisions being made by um, voicing our opinions and, uh, and doing it in such a tactful way that's obviously going to um, um, be heard. But yeah, and it's just about voicing our opinions and, and believing in, in that mm. we have this freedom of, of speech and religion in this country. And unfortunately, Brad, we don't have all the answers on this one, but um, if you've got any ideas, we'd love to hear what they might be. Well, I mean, like there's an example of back in the day, there was there was a Swiss scientist, I think it was, who won the Nobel Prize for um, proving that giving people in comas a lobotomy actually improved their quality of living. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the most prestigious award that any scientist can get. And today we realise that's absolute crop, really you know? Terrible, terrible so, idea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and who's to say that in, in, in 50 years or 100 years' time from now, we won't be looking back at what we were doing now and saying, well, that was a really terrible idea too. Well, look, again, the, the, the biggest difference is that these days you can have a lot more people on the panel, a lot more people to help make those right decisions. Back then you probably had a select few. Yeah. Today you get 100. When you're, when you're making a decision here in, in this office, when we're deciding on, on a few items, you'll find that it's n- almost never one or two people who make mm-hmm. a decision. There's a group of people, and I think that's the Well, the this is a biblical principle. The Bible says that there yep. is wisdom in a multitude of counsels. There you go. And uh, we do have more research and more information available than what we have ever had before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, hopefully, God willing, we are improving in this area. Yeah. Um, the, thing that, the thing that I fear is that, of course, human nature never changes. True. And uh, human nature is yeah. something that is always bound to, uh, to bring us unstuck and to get us into a little bit of trouble. But um, hopefully, as we okay. move along... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Brad, but we are actually running out of time. Um, we're going to go uh, to a okay. break. Yeah, yeah, it's been great to have you on the show. We are going to go to a break no, at this particular thanks, time, and we're going to listen to Fernando Ortega. Come, let us worship. Come, let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Let us worship and bow down And kneel before the Lord, our Maker Come, let us worship and bow down And kneel before the Lord, our Maker Come, let us worship and bow down
is our God. We are the people of His pasture. He is our God. He is our God. We are the sheep of His hand. Welcome back to Faith FM. That was Come Let Us Worship by Fernando Ortega. And we've got Robbie Morgan joining us this morning. Robbie, it's fantastic having you with us. Oh, it's awesome to be here. Thank you. Mm. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, Robbie. What do you do? Well, I'm currently a Bible worker for the Vine Church Point in Tweedhead South. Oh, wow. So up right near the border of Queensland and yeah. North, um, Northern New South Wales. Very much on the border. Ah, that'd be a beautiful spot to live and work in. <laughs> oh, it's a lovely spot. A little mm. bit tricky during the uh, oh, during uh, daylight savings, but mm. otherwise pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> so what does what the Bible work that you do involve? Um, it involves a bit of door-to-door work. Um, for me personally, it involves a, a bit of preaching, music, mm-hmm. um, mentorship of church members into Bible studies and things of that nature. Okay. I've heard, though, too, that you also run a food pantry at Southern Cross University. So why did you start that, and how did you get into it? Oh, it's a great question. Well, um, we, I guess we, we originally started it because we were looking for an opportunity to, to, to work with people in our community. And we thought, well, who, who has needs in our community? And the, the uni just kept coming up in our conversation. Mm-hmm. So we proceeded to pursue a, a course of finding out what areas did they have need. And through our conversations with the chaplain, um, I was I was given a, a position of a volunteer visiting chaplain on the campus. Oh cool. And so I did that for a semester and as we as we were doing that, one of the things that we noticed was that a lot of students are running shy on cash and um that a food never goes astray for uni students. Mm, that's definitely that was kinda true. how we yeah, <laughs> kind of how we started that process. Mm. And so, with the students, like obviously, there's a big need for the the food pantry or food ministry sort of thing there. Mm. Definitely. Mm. So, what kind of students are you helping out? Are you helping out more um, local students or international students? Because I've heard that um, for some international students, there can be quite a few challenges with food accessibility and affordability too. Oh, for sure. I was a, uh, an international university student about eight years ago, mm-hmm. and they pay higher fees. They have no access to Centrelink or to HEX or fee help mm-hmm. or any of those benefits, and they have to pay their fees up front usually. So yeah. um, it's quite a challenge as an, an international student, and we do get a few of those coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, we get 
a number of mature age students as well, people who are in transition from one career to another or um, a single parent who's now doing that same process. And we even get some just to your everyday local Australian students. Um, so we get a bit of a smattering, really. Mm, like we, guess, we're only averaging about... Sorry? A good cross-section of the community. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, so, you're, a, so you're averaging... Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're, we're averaging probably about 15 people a week at the moment. So we're, mm. we're only there for about an hour once a week. We've had some days where we've had up to 30 and days where we've had as little as eight, but averaging about 15 people through. Mm. So how do you find that, you know, like not just for international students, but for Australian students who, you know, people, I guess, think of Australia as being a relatively wealthy, well-off country and you know, we've got a social mm. security system and, you know, Centrelink benefits and that kind of stuff. What is it that leads people to a point where they can't afford the basics and, you know, that's where your ministry comes in? That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure that I've had enough conversations with most of them to to be able to get to that kind of that kind of story with a lot of them. Mm. Um, a number of the students are coming from situations where the the cost of living on the Tweed Heads Gold Coast area is is quite high. Mm. Um, so they're coming in with with those kind of fees and and, and then expensive, the, particularly rent the younger or... students mm. struggling with rent and that, and then. With the mature age students and the international students, the, the, the costs are, of course, higher. So mm. they're running into those same issues. Mm. Yeah. So what kind of packages do you put together for people or, you know, how do you um, source those packages as well for the food? Yeah, no, that's a great a great question. Uh, we'll answer the second part first. Mm-hmm. We access our, our, our food through a non-profit organization called Food Bank in okay. South Wales. Mm-hmm. So that's... Uh, they, they basically are a collector and distributor of the goods that are donated from uh, all of your grocery stores like Poles and Woolies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they then distribute that out at either low cost or free to charitable organizations like, like ourselves mm-hmm. um, to distribute to the community. And that tends to be so, goods that are sort of close to expiration date or a little bit damaged but still perfectly usable, isn't it? Yeah, for the most part, or mm. sometimes they'll just have an excess of stock that didn't didn't, didn't sell, sell very well. Mm. <laughs> that <doesn't laughs> so what's available that. varies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. um, the I'm trying to remember the first question. So now. putting first together question, those packages. We, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good. <laughs> um, so the way we're doing it is that we set up some tables in our little area that we that we have our stall on campus, and we basically just put our goods out. And allow people to take what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, they're given a bag um, for a small donation fee that goes towards paying for our next shipment of um, of goods. Mm-hmm. And with that um, process, they then just fill their bag with what what items they would need. So mm. just everything's fair game, really. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So I guess you get a sort of, you know, you're saying that you never know quite what you'll get, but I guess you have sort of the staples that come in as well, you know, like bread and long life milk and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. So like most of those those basics are, are, are available most of the time. So we're pretty consistent with that, but then mm. we might have a shipment where we're able to get some toiletry goods or mm. um, some different food items. Mm. Yeah. So do you get um, any external support for this as well or support from the church plant that you're tied to or anything? Uh, well, uh, for our startup, we were 
fully funded by the church plant. Oh, cool. And we've also received some funding from the conference mm-hmm. uh, to support that, to supplement that. So mm. we're doing that and just trying to accrue costs back to just cover and, and basically run run it mm. at cost so that yeah, we can so um, not keep it sustainable. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Mm. And what sort of response have you had to it from the people that you've been helping? We've actually had quite a positive response. Um as you might imagine, mm. but we've had a number of <laughs> we've had a number of, of students who have responded very positively. But the the really exciting thing for us has been that even um, staff of the Southern Cross University Gold Coast campus have really gotten on board. There are a number of staff who come and donate food or donate money to pay for bags oh, wow. for students who may not be able to afford a bag. That's really wonderful. Uh, so we've seen quite a really positive support from the the campus as well, which has been mm. great. Mm. So is there anything that you think maybe, you know, community members or whatever else in other places around Australia could do to support students who are, you know, doing it tough? Yeah, for sure. I think one of the biggest things that we really that we really ought to consider is that a lot of uni students are even the ones who aren't necessarily struggling financially often I find are struggling emotionally and relationally for support. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a tough gig when you you you're, you're whole focus is on the future and not so much on what you're able to live on now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I think that as we've got epicenters where we have universities or other places of higher learning, I think the biggest thing is to just go in and, and identify what are the needs because the needs shift community to community. That's true. Um, but I think that relational need is always going to be there. And if we go in with the, the approach of what are the needs, how can we help and assist you on your journey, I think we're going to get better results. Mm. And I guess that's something too that's applicable to the church plant that you work with as well. Mm. So what kind of work do you do with them? Um, well, at the moment we're we're doing our normal church service. We're doing in-home Bible studies and got a couple small groups running. Mm-hmm. But we're also um, involved with a local vegetarian cafe called oh. Sozo in the area. Um, okay. And we're... We're running a number of health programs there. We're actually involved in a, a health expo this this coming weekend uh, on the Sunday. And our, one good. of our aims through through the food pantry is to not only just meet a need there, but make those connections and relationships that provides us the opportunity to then connect them into other programs for one, but even more ideally to to people who are interested in them, to relationships that can mm. that can grow more. Uh, more deep and meaningful, if you will, mm. and God willing, provide for the the opportunity to share spiritual matters as well. Have you found that there's been some of those opportunities that have really come to the fore so far, or is it sort of just early stages still? We're still pretty early stages. We've been running for about eight weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, yep. But there's a couple people that we've plugged into um, through the uni. I'm not sure that it's come directly from food pantry so much yet, but no. Uh, this weekend hopefully should be a tell for us. Mm, yeah, true. <laughs> We've been able to ad- advertise this health expo for the last few weeks through mm. the through the food pantry, so hopefully that'll go well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I guess too, like, you know, with that, that's sort of an opportunity to show people, you know, how to make healthy, cheap and affordable food. That's it. And that's one of our aims is to be is to do some programs that are aimed directly at those those target audiences of our junior students who are struggling a bit there. Mm. Yeah. Do you find, though, too, that, like, in that area, um, there's a little bit of maybe 
need, I guess, you know, in the broader community for food pantry work or is it sort of more focused on the students? Well, our, our focus is just on the students at this Absolutely. stage mm-hmm. because we've just got such a small such a small group of, of people in our church mm. that we're just we're only able to make the impact that we can. <laughs> mm. And the reality is this this ministry could be done done heaps, but there are a lot of other organizations in the area that are already targeting mm. uh, those things. Mm. And we have another group of people from our church that are involved in a homeless feed, feeding ministry. Okay. Um, mm. So yeah. I, guess it, it, I guess the exciting opportunity is just, you know, that you can get involved in any way, no matter how big or how small. That's it. That's mm. it. I think the important thing is to remember that we've all got a responsibility and an opportunity to, to act in, in our own community, our own local way, mm. um, to reach people that no one else can reach. Mm. And if we don't take that opportunity, who will? Yeah, that's true. And there's a variety of opportunities as well. You know, it's not just like there's mm. only one way of connecting with people. It's like, yeah, you can connect with them by, you know, like you were saying, you, you, your church runs small groups. You go for it, you know, connect mm. with them that way or through food Certainly. pantry work or, you know, whatever else works. Um, for you personally, like what do you find recharges you or energizes you the, you the most spiritually? Me personally, mm. spiritually? Mm. Um, oh, that's a... That's an unexpected question. <laughs> so you're throwing that in there, you know, surprise. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty, pretty simple, I guess. I do love, I do love just studying the Bible most often by myself. Mm. Um, getting really deep into that. I also write music, so I, I love to have space out where I can just sing and and reflect and write. Mm. Um, so those are some of some of the ways that I like to do it. Mm. I guess too, you know, with that. Bit of an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's never a bad thing. <laughs> but I guess too, you know, there's almost like the opportunity to connect with people too, you know, through music as well. Like mm. there's always, you know, people are always interested in that kind of stuff and sharing their talents or, you know, finding out if they have talents too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. That's it. Everybody's got them. <laughs> mm. One way or another. Mm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So... Did you always live up in that area, or is this sort of an area that you've come to, you know, in your life now? Or um, I was born in California, and ah. I've been in Australia about eight I'm and a half years. Terrible accents. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so, what led you to <laughs> Australia? Um, I came to study at Avondale College mm-hmm. um, to do an outdoor recreation program, and then I wound up teaching there for six years. Oh wow. So I've only been up in the Tweed area for the last 18 months. Why? You never know where life will lead you. Oh, it's true. Mm. True. Mm. Here I am. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess it's probably, you know, one of those things where, you know, when you let God guide you, you just, like, you never know where you're going to end up. God does, but it's sort of of like a surprise journey almost. That's it, hey. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So All surprises. Yeah. So I guess, you know, is there a bit of, like, of the outdoor recreation thing that you can tie in with the, the ministry that you do up there as well. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, and, and not even necessarily on the most overt like outdoor activities, but just the soft skills, even the, the ability to relate to people mm-hmm. to facilitate a program or an activity has come in incredibly handy. Mm. Uh, just practice with, with debriefing skills of how did that experience impact you? Why did mm. these things happen? What are you going to do with that information now to improve for next time? All of that stuff comes mm. in handy in every aspect. So Yeah, that's true. That's actually a really good approach to take. And, you know, like that. there's so many skills that we can absorb and retain and use across the board. Mm. Mm. Yeah, one of the things that I find the most 
powerful in ministry is is actually the the skills that I've learned in contexts that you wouldn't think of as being ministerial contexts. Mm. And I find that the people who come from a background outside of ministry often have the most to give once they get into ministry, that God God just really utilizes those skills that you think aren't useful, and all of a sudden it's an asset that somebody else doesn't have that God can really utilize. So it's pretty neat. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Robbie. It's been fantastic talking with you. Oh, it's been great to be here. Thank um, you. Yeah, and God bless you and your ministry. I hope it continues to go really well. well oh, thank <laughs> you very much. You too. Then stick around. We've got Light as a Bird by Melissa Otto coming up. You're listening to Faith FM. As a bird I could fly That's the way I always feel When your love melts away my fears For I had inside troubled mind Mistakes I wanted to hide How could I be alike for you? I'm as light as a bird for you Oh 